open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah. This podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's everyone my name is andy and i am naomi and welcome to couples therapy we are a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on the show you know what who knows <laughs> who knows anymore three months into quar naomi what what can we say what the future holds for podcasts for, for all of us for all for, for couples, life yes for life for couples there you know on this same you know we're recording this uh the day before it comes out after a record 11 days of protests against the police state, Nancy Pelosi finally wore kente cloth today. Change is going to come, like Sam Cooke said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she introduced an act today that said all police batons have to have black power fist painted on them. <laughs> um, we, you guys, we're here. It's episode 101. So after 100 episodes and also... In our brave new core world, we're like, what do we want to do? What do we want to say? I mean, don't get me wrong. We will always be answering your relationship questions. We will always have wonderful, fun guests. But obviously, there won't be a live show where comedians talk about their relationships right. for a little while. We only have a handful of live sets left in the uh, storeroom. Yeah. <laughs> the live set <laughs> storeroom. And uh, so we'll, we'll be doling them. I'm sorry. My brain's a little. I just got to interview Nami. Yeah, you got to tell him. You got to tell him. interview if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know I am a uh, indie rock head. <laughs> and uh, I just interviewed Mac McCon from my favorite band, Super Chunk. You guys. And uh, Super Chunk, Andy was literally, they were Zoom to Zoom. <laughs> and I was surprised when he was like, he's like, oh, we'll record the episode after I talk to Mac McCon. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I knew you'd be all over your, you were giddy like a schoolgirl before. I was, I was skipping. You were skipping, you were dancing. Once it was like confirmed, and then he emailed you directly. I mean- I can only imagine, because as you said, you've liked them since high school, right? Yeah, I saw them at Lollapalooza 95, Naomi. Wow. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Pavement, Elastica, Cypress Hill, Hole, <laughs> Sonic Youth, and on the secondary stage, uh, Built to Spill, Helium. Oh my God. Super Chunk. Lollapalooza 95 is like literally a time capsule. <laughs> When you said all those bands, I was like, yes, that is 1995. As soon as you said Cypress Hill. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, now all of 1995. <laughs> it flooded into your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my so I'm God. a little, my brain's a little all over the place. But it's very But uh, yeah, what, so basically I think what we're going to do uh, while the quarantine lasts is uh, do in-studio episodes. Yes, of course. You know, we have our Twitch show that we do every Wednesday, 2 p.m., Twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. That's 2 p.m. PST, which is also 5 p.m. EST and 4 p.m. Central. Yes. Also, uh, 2 p.m. PST is not to be confused with 2 p.m. PFT, Paul F. Tompkins. 2 p.m. Paul F. Tompkins. Which is uh, when you put on a suit. <laughs> I love that. The time when you that. put on a suit is 2 p.m. PFT. I love that. Oh my God, Andy, that's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, we have coming up, we have, we just did an interview with uh, Emily and Kumail. 
Yes, Emily, Emily Gordon, Gordon Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani. Nanjiani. It was very exciting. It was really funny because it was over Zoom, but they wouldn't turn their camera on. <laughs> so I thought that was like a fun psychosexual element to the whole thing. Uh, uh, but they were both so lovely. Yeah. And you guys will hear that very soon. And uh, we'll be doing a bunch of advice episodes. I think mostly. So, hey, by the way, if you would like to call in, I think we're going to open up not just relationship advice. Literally, Naomi and I have lived lives. And I also have a lot of opinions. So just any question you would like the input from two comedians you listen to once a week, whatever it is, give it to us. You know, we'll try to answer it. We'll answer it with the help of a guest. Basically, you know, as I always say, it's about we're going to help you handle your scandal. So whatever it is, hit us up. You know, you can DM us on Instagram at Couples Therapy Pod or on Twitter at Naomi and Andy. You can also email CouplesTherapyPod at Gmail. And the most fun, you can call us. Call the helpline, baby. Leave a voicemail at 323-524-7839. Yes, because if you leave us a voicemail, then we can play the voicemail on the show. Plus, when we can hear your voice, it's like I know where you're at emotionally. And yeah. that really helps me personally give you the best advice for your relationship. What What other? Hey, you know what? Much like Mac McCon. And his independent label merge. Ooh. We are independent now. You guys, you are listening. Maybe not by our own choice. (laughs) Well, well, that's true. That's true. iHeartRadio. Weirdly, in the midst of uh, a... Second civil rights movement. That's like what I'm calling. (laughs) They they dropped one of the only shows. Despite, I will say this, despite saying, oh yeah, you guys have uh, above average numbers for a comedy podcast. One of the uh, only shows they have with a black host, so. We're independent now, okay? Because I will not be silenced, okay? (laughs) The revolution will be recorded and it will be several episodes. And... I am very The revolution happy. will be serialized. <laughs> I know, I was trying to think of the name. I was like, the revolution will be narrated by Sarah Koenig. That's what I was, yeah, that's her name. Um, Ira Glass. Ira Glass, oh my God. But yeah, so we're independent now. We want to keep doing the pod, so I hope you will continue to listen and love. Um, you know, so we're not on a network, and uh, we can't really do live shows. So if you are able to support, we have a Patreon. a month, and you get bonus content. You get two special episodes, just me and Andy, and you get other stuff, the Twitch streams. and You get all the audio from the Twitch streams. Yeah, and like fun little nuggets, you know? So if you're able to support, we would love it. It would be very helpful. So, you know, that's patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. But again, no pressure. Obviously, we're going to continue to hit you up every Tuesday with a hot, new, tasty ep. (laughs) <laughs> but I do believe in taking holidays off. Okay, now that we're independent, Andy, it's like, no, I'm not dropping an episode on the first day of Kwanzaa. I'm not dropping an episode. On the high holy days. On the high holy days. Sometimes, you know, you we might take a week off. But honestly, that'll make it even more exciting when the next episode drops. That's what I think. That's what I think, you guys. I'm feeling a little loopy. <laughs> so you can probably tell that. Oh, Another way you can support the show, too, by the way, is we have great T-shirts. We do have T-shirts. CouplesTherapy.MerchNow.com. You can see those T-shirts. And guys, I'm getting a shirt made. It will also be on Merch Now, but it's like Naomi and not Couples Therapy Pot. It's going to be a shirt that says Jubu. Oh, man. TBD, to be designed. And I'm talking with a designer, the same guy who has done our wonderful Couples couples Therapy shirt so far. You know, and after 10 years of using the word Jubu, I'm pretty excited. And also, 12 years of being a comedian, this will be my first time having my own merchandise. You know, Andy, honey, you know he loves a band t-shirt. He's always like, let's make a pin, let's make a button, let's make a tote. 
And I've always been much more um, afraid of that because I was like, my nightmare is just to have like 20 boxes of something in a closet, <laughs> you know? And so, but I feel like maybe now, maybe now people can buy them. And I think that. I wonder how many indie rock bands from the 90s just have a closet that's just full of CDs now. What do you think are in the closets of the people who planned Lollapalooza 95? The people who planned Perry Farrell from uh, Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros? They must have a whole bunch of shit in their closet. Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros. When you say Porno for Pyros, you know what I just thought of? When you said Porno for Pyros, I thought of Sex and Candy. That's Marcy Playground. God, the 90s were sick. You guys know how I hate all band names, right? But in the 90s, there were especially a lot that were just trash, gas, ass. <laughs> hey, no one rides for free. One of, the, hey, so so what we wanted to do today, though, is yeah. as a sorbet. Yes. Uh, know, also, it's just us. Just us. We wanted to also reconnect as lovers, reconnect as hosts, uh, reconnect with you, the audience. Just us. Just us. To talk. Yes. In the midst of a call for justice, yes. it's just us. Oh, yes. Justice for just us. No, that's not nice. That's not solidarity. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, that's the that's opposite of solidarity. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Justice <laughs> for justice. That's good. I'm gonna make a sign. I'm gonna make a sign and take the two protests. No, that's what I. Oh, there's probably like some white people at one of the protests that are like, "No, justice is just ours." Did you see that photo of that white girl with the sign that was like, "I like black dick." Ugh. And I said, girl, nobody needs your input. This is. Yeah, it's like that's how I feel. So it's like, no one needs your input. That doesn't mean that like. I don't need, you know, people don't need your money. People don't need, no one needs your input. No talking. No talking. You got a timeout. Go in the corner. Go in the corner and think about what you did. We're all going to eat snack and you can't have any. <laughs> uh, Nave and I were talking about like what we could do uh, on this episode. And we're like, well, in this, in the spirit of spilling tea. <laughs> My favorite spirit. Why don't we talk about our first experience in Hollywood? Holly weird. Holly weird. One of our first, yeah, our first time working together in Hollywood and also something that, you know, really speaks to the racismo um, that is really going on and that we are continuing to grapple with to this day. Yeah. If you were wondering what it's like to uh, be a black person working in Hollywood. <laughs> Andy's going to tell you. I'm kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you from my experience. <laughs> We had this idea. It started when I was doing my other podcast. I was doing a live version of it at a an indie comics convention in New York. It was before that. It was? So this was a, the phrase is something I came up with in my stand-up. Yes. Because, um, in two, and I've talked about this here, in 2008, from 2008 to 2009, I lived in Australia. And then on my way back from Australia, I traveled again and I went to Sweden and Berlin. And after that, I was doing stand-up, and I would always talk about that time as being inside Caucasia. And my whole thing is, like, I like to go inside Caucasia and get answers from the root. You know what I mean? Go to where Caucasity began. <laughs> go to where Caucasity <laughs> thrives. And so that was the beginning of that concept. Yeah. And, like, me being in private school and being around white kids all the time. So anytime, like, a space that is largely Caucasian in which I am, like, the only brown person or one of very few, uh, I refer to it as being inside Caucasia. And then Andy was and then, doing- Oh yeah, we yes. went to, and you came along with yeah, me. Yeah, I came with you. And you realized, we were walking around after uh, I did the show and you were like, am I the only black person here? It was an indie comic books convention in Manhattan. It yeah. was, we were in New York, it was like the middle of the day and we're walking around and I'm like, there are no black people here. 
And then we started joking around about like treating it like a National Geographic, yeah. treating it like a travelogue, where it's like, what is it to be in this space? <laughs> um, and like Naomi, would, like we would put a pith helmet on Naomi, exactly. And I would <laughs> and I would like go in deep and get answers and like interview people. And, yeah, what, you is, know what I mean? Oh, and the other thing, I interviewed. Matt, this is another one of these things where like I interviewed Matt Sharp from Weezer and the Rentals mm -hmm. and I was oh, at the yeah. venue where he was performing and you came because uh, we were going to go out to dinner or something after that. Yeah. You met me there and you look around and you're like, besides the bouncers, am I the only black person here? Again, inside Caucasia. And when I'm in those spaces that, and again, in both of those contexts too, an indie comic book festival, something I wouldn't normally go to anyway, if not for you, and the Weezer, uh, something I would not <laughs> go to if not for you. You know, I really am on the outskirts because it's not my scene, personally. Hold on, early Weezer isn't your jam? You don't put on Pankerton and uh, dance? I was, I'm pausing, not because I'm not with you, because I was trying to think of like, um, what's the song about pulling a sweater? <laughs> I believe it's called Undone. Parentheses, the sweater song. Ugh, gross. But I know that one, <laughs> and like that's okay. Uh <laughs> 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 um, so Andy and I had just been talking in the house about like doing that kind of thing, doing a show as a travelogue inside Caucasia. And then Andy had a meeting at a network and just kind of brought it up offhandedly, and they were into it. We can we say the network? At the, we could say the, the network, but maybe let's not talk about any of the specific people. Well, sure. Well, of course not. Well, it's, I mean, anyone can look it up. You know. I think there was like an article about it or something like that. So True TV yeah. was interested in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Home of one of our favorite shows. At Home, at Home with Amy Sedaris. Um, but we, at the time, again, this was like 2014, 15, you know, and this is going to be our first thing. And we're like, oh my God, of course, yes, right? Like we were just so excited to get to do something like that professionally it was not a lot of money but again it was like a, it was going to be a stepping stone it was going to be a start and it was an idea that was really you know fun and exciting to us although i'll tell you this i got the nagging suspicion as even as it started that on the shoe of naomi i was the dog shit in their eyes and they <laughs> that they wanted to scrape off it was they were never yeah they were really kind of focused on me uh, as the host, as I think the person they knew as a comedian. But it was always so fucked to me because you're the person who brought the idea to them in the first place. So I don't know what they thought you were going to be, right. right? Like, considering it all came out of your meeting, I was like, why are they, act why are they acting like, you know, Mariah Carey to J-Lo? I don't know her, you know? And um, <laughs> it was just like, and it... <sighs> that should have been, you know, if we had been more experienced, that would have been a tip-off to us that, like... Not to foreshadow too much, but that uh, things would not go well. Yeah, I think like we were we were thirsty and we wanted to make something. And it's like, you know, I've always kind of believed it's like you go where you're wanted. So it's like, OK, they want it. But to be fair, we didn't take it anywhere else. I don't think. Yeah, we again, we, like, we didn't really yeah, we we didn't know what to do. It. We yeah. didn't know how to, you know, uh, representation. Not. Hey. Naomi, representation matters, <laughs> including agents and managers. And my my representation did not want me to do it. <laughs> they were like, don't do this. Cause, and I was like, it's not a lot of money, which is why they don't want to do it. But they also didn't want to do the work of like, well, do you want to try to see if other people are interested? Right, 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 right. So little peek behind the curtain, everyone. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I feel like it's really in the second iteration. So basically, once we made a presentation, the presentation was fun. For the presentation, presentation pretty much like a precursor to a pilot. So shorter than a pilot. So really the beginning kernel for them to see it. Yeah, we can't actually put it up, but we can... 
put it up not to like try to force people to go to the Patreon, but like we can put it up on our Patreon. Right, because that's limited. It's not like we can't put it up on YouTube, but it can go. So I'll I'll smaller. put it up uh, Wednesday after this drops. But um, for the presentation. I learned to play squash and I like went to a squash club in like Westchester and played with four old white men who, <laughs> who had been like they had playing squash like, all their lives. Yeah, fancy private schools, then went to like Harvard and Yale. Okay. And I'll never forget this. You guys, one of the men I played with was named Bob November and it was the most perfect thing. I've never forgotten the name. Bob November, solid 80 years old. Still had the moves of the squash court. His real name, Robert November. Robert November. That wasn't a character in Toast of London. <laughs> Robert November. 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 He was just, it was just like so good. It was fun to do when it was like a good um, intro. And so then they decided, right. okay, we want to do a pilot. Right. Remember, the, so the idea, I don't know if we said this exactly. We kind of gave the thought behind it. But like the actual idea was Naomi would go into white spaces and report about like what is. What whiteness. is white culture? What is white? What culture? is white culture? You know, a com- a comedic travelogue where we kind of look at you know for a for a race that uh, you know really uh, hinges on being the master race or being better or being some sort of founding race. I'm like, when you think of whiteness, you don't really think of like much cult. Like, you know, people joke about like mayonnaise and milk and you know maybe yeah, monster trucks. Joke. It's kind of true, but it's kind of like, well, what is it? And it was also, especially again, it's not to say it was never to say like other people can't do these things. It is about why at the time in 2015, 2016, 2015. Yeah, it was 20. It, 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 it was before Trump. So let's yeah, also, it was before yeah, that's 2016 like was a twinkle in anyone's eye. Exactly. It was, it was when it, you know, and so it was like to look at things at that point that were still largely white things that hadn't been, integrated or exposed to people and why how is it in 2016 you know black people don't play squash you know more are people are starting but also how has this thing stayed white this whole time and And also stuff like that what we found out doing it was that squash is only very white here in america right exactly and it's like that is, you know, part of our Caucasia. I mean, in a perfect world, like, I would be fucking traveling, going to, like, Amsterdam, going to a windmill festival and shit. But for the purposes of our show, like, stuff around, like, one of the ideas we wanted to do, which, oh, God, I would have been so much, freegans and, like, dumpster diving. Like, that is, you know, what is it? And and just, it was just fun to also look at these things as actual communities and cultures because, especially in New York, there are freegans, there are groups in their communities, and these are people with homes. You know, these are not necessarily or not largely... um at the time, homeless people, like a, freak, a freaking is not. Someone like, who chooses. To yeah, someone who chooses to dumpster dive. And to look at how, like, again, certain the things that white people are largely interested in. And so we began to, so then, you know, we had, obviously, again, producers here's, and Here's people. where it went wrong. But here's where it started to go. We were, again, in retrospect, as people who have now been in the business for a little longer. Right. We should have been like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Maybe right. we should not do this. Right. After you make a presentation if they're going to make a pilot you have to choose a production company you have to do choose a company that's actually going to physically make this thing right you, right that's someone's going to give you all the tools you need the camera the camera person etc cetera, etc cetera. and schedule it and do all right. that kind locations, of locations pay for wherever you're going to shoot etc right 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 have a actual like payroll person you know all that right kind of stuff and they gave us a choice of two companies there are way more companies than two. I would New say York. there are th- oh, <laughs> in the in the country there are thousands, right? And in New York, probably hundreds. Yeah, uh, both very white. Yep, if I remember correctly. Yep. And we interviewed 
One was West Coast and the other was East Coast. Right. And I guess we inter- we interviewed them and we finally chose one, but they like put us on like this timetable. Like they gave us like 48 hours or something. To pick. To pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and we're it- like really rushing us. And here's, uh, we later found out why. It's because on True TV at the time and probably still, uh, I don't know, they had no shows with a person of color. Correct. And this was happening in early 2015. Yeah. And there's something called the upfronts. And uh, what that is, is in about April in May or early May, all the networks trot out their new shows for their advertisers to say, this is what we're going to have that's hip and hot. And this is what you should buy ads on. And so and they have these big presentations each each. Company. Yeah, like events, parties. It's like a really like, oh, yeah, a waste of money. <laughs> but what we fi- figured out afterwards was the, the rush to get this done was so that they could say, look, we have a black person on our network. <laughs> yep. We have a show with a black person, even though. But you guys have to remember. So, again, by May, when the actual upfronts were, we had not even shot the pilot, but they were still going to have me go. To be, even though I didn't even know if I had, the show was going to exist on the network, they needed my black ass to stand on that stage. <laughs> and they were going to have me do it, even though we didn't even have a show. If you can't tell me, that's trash. <laughs> and But yeah, but that's, so that's why, but that's, yeah, that retro, was, like, again, we're like, why are they forcing us to choose the, to like, to move so huge, quick? Yeah, this huge, important choice. You know, you have to find someone who's like into the idea, is going to help you make this idea reality and do it the way you want it. Because also it's not simply to make the pilot, right? Ostensibly or hopefully whoever makes the pilot goes on to make the show. So really you're looking for somebody who you can work with for ideally years. Right. And it's like, you got two days, figure it out. We, I mean, we want, again, we were thirsty. This is our first real thing. And we're like, all right, we got good vibes from this one company. Which right. I, I won't name. Right. Right. And they were at least on the same coast as us. So it felt like it was going to be easier to work with. Right. And we felt good-ish about that choice. Until we stepped into the room. Right. So that but, so then the next Monday or after all the deals are closed or whatever, we, we go in on a Monday to finally start making the show. I to love start writing how it. specific you are. <laughs> Why? After the deals have closed, we go in on a Monday. I'm like, I don't even know what day it was. We went in there for our first <laughs> fucking meeting. And there's this dude. Like oh, we quite- thought- <laughs> we no. thought, hold on. We thought that the guy that, who was the head of the company was going to just, you know, guide us through this to make right, right? to let to let us yeah. make what we wanted to make. Right. 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 Instead, we go in and there's just a stranger. This oh. guy we have never met. A he was, 50 he was something. He, a 50 something year old white man. He wasn't even in the initial meeting. I don't know her. And he walks <laughs> in to this meeting and literally takes it over and is like, here's what I think the pilot should be. You know what I think of when I think of white people? I think of kale. Kale is for white people. Kale. And it was this whole thing. And again, because we were trying to be agreeable, we were like, well, is there a way we can make that work? And we really tried to toy with the idea. And it was also about really fleshing out what would a half hour of this look like? So were we going to have segments? Would I be out, quote, in the field? Would I be, you know, interviewing people? And so it was just a lot to kind of, you know, conceiving of the show from the ground up. And then we have this person who literally does not have a sense of humor. A person who is not <laughs> funny very, in any capacity, worked. but 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 thought he, he was had funny. He worked on a comedy show. He had been a producer, but kind of in the background on a right. comedy show. Right. But it was like, babe, it, you're not a comedian. But then here, here's the other thing, too. We had like... 
two producers and then the female producer left. Well, we so had then, two producers help us with that we had chosen that helped us with, with the, the presentation. presentation. And they came along with us. Of course. And they were going to be involved. We liked them. And then we go to do the pilot. The woman they, leaves. Yeah, when they gave us that 48-hour deadline, she's like, this gives me a bad feeling. I'm she knew. She, and, and also, like, honey, she's, like, rich with kids. She doesn't have to put up with that shit. So she's <laughs> like, I gotta go. My husband has a job. And so <laughs> she was like, I'm out. And so then we're now working on a show called Inside Caucasia with me Andy, and what is now two middle-aged white men. <laughs> two middle-aged white men who thought they knew better than us. Now, I can't tell you how to set a schedule for production. I can't tell you how to run payroll, but I can sure as shit tell you what is appropriate and inappropriate, funny and not funny when it comes to talking about race, especially if I'm the one who's going to be saying it. The moment I died inside was the moment when probably two weeks in, maybe. So, yeah. Hold on. Let's set the scene a little bit where we had written to introduce people to the concept. And had, me. And, and who I am, and who right? Like an this is 2015. I don't, you no. had not done no. anything yet, yeah. really. Two dub queens didn't even exist. Right. A pre-2DQ world. Had you written on Broad City at this point? Yes. Okay. You had written on Broad City. I had written on the Pete Holmes show. Mm -hmm. That was about it. That was mm -hmm. about the only things we mm -hmm. had done. And you were a stand-up. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't even start couples therapy. We did, the live show couples therapy wasn't nope. even. Mm -mm. So uh, we're writing a monologue for you to introduce who you are to the audience and what the show is. Yeah, in the conceit of the show. And so we had written this monologue and put, you know, like, again, it's got to have the jokes. It's got to have the kind of the through line. It's also as much for the executives. Like, who knows if that would ever actually even stay in the episode for an actual audience. But it's like, how do we make clear to the fucking money bags what the show is? <laughs> and so we write in. To the fucking money bags. And then, and, uh, you know, we got in a good place. And I was like, okay, I think it's going to work. And then, like, later, we were looking for one of the producers so we go to where his office was in the building. Yeah, we had just a question to ask. Yeah, just a question. Something. Like, we were just like, oh, yeah, he'll ask. We go down there, and we catch. Okay, I'm going to say we catch, bitch, because we saw. We Have you ever turned on a light, and you see a bunch of roaches scurry? <laughs> That's the kind of feeling. That, and they're like, you know, if the froze, roaches. They froze. Yeah, they fro or like, if they had cartoon eyes, the eyes would have bugged out, right? We come in, and these men are rewriting my monologue with, with no one's they never said they were going to do that they never asked if they could do that they're not writers they are not writers their job they are not stand-ups right their job and they're certainly not they don't know the voice of a black or of me as a black woman meaning you know a real skill for writers especially late night writers is to be able to write in someone else's voice and that i think is something that really takes time and so as two people who have largely spent their careers you know putting all the production pieces together the fact that they thought they could do that is fucking wild and i'm gonna give you a prime example of some shit that was off the game so one of the lines you know i talk about going to a private school in the upper east side and how you know i was like one of four black kids and i was like i was like what are the little rock nine but with worse hair because if you know if you are familiar with the images of the little rock nine those children showed up at that school like poised and dressed and perfect and the girls had the perfect curls and the bangs and you know it was about looking the best they could 
because they were integrating and they were in danger. And so, and whereas like, you know, me as a kid, like the whole point is like, I was looking busted. The whole point is I was a busted <laughs> nerd. And so I was like, I was like one of the little rock nine, but I couldn't even like get a face beat, you know? And then I look at their draft and they had changed it to, I'm like one of the little rock nine, but with better hair. Now, <laughs> it is, it is literally a, that's one example. Hey, it's not, that, that's not a funny joke. It's not. It's also, but again, it's just one word. Right. But it tells you everything about how these, what the fuck I look like in the opening of my show, dragging the Little Rock Nine. How the hell I'm making fun of that here? What? Who? Ah, the they, fact they that wrote- they thought that that <laughs> was like funny and sharp and incisive. It was like, oh, you don't get it. Yeah. You don't understand. You don't even know the imagery I'm referring to. They wrote, uh, I'm like Martin Luther King Jr., but I don't suck. It's just like, <laughs> what it's the like, fuck is wrong I with know, it's like, I'm like if MLK was cool. <laughs> and it was just like, what? And then it was like, and that was the beginning. People who, in essence, I think what they felt about us was because we, again, it was we've already established, we were new, we were thirsty. So they looked at us as these like newbies who, and they're like, you don't know what you're doing. We know what we're doing. And so they wanted to be in charge. And one point we got into a little fight with one of the guys where he goes, What's your title? What's your title? Are you an executive producer? And I just looked at his ass and it was like, honey, it doesn't matter what my title is. If I am the face of this show and I have to get up and say it, it's on me. Although we were executive producers and when we said that, it shut him up. Yep. You said you, but you had, but again, it was like, again, it was all about he needed the system to somehow justify right. and verify, legitimize Validate us. him. Yes. You know, once we said we were EPs, and it was like, okay. It was like, not that he was okay. He was so mad, but it was like, and so this whole process, and you guys, as we're doing this, there's probably six weeks, right, that we spent in the production process. <sighs> it Andrew was... started to get the only time in the no, decade no, no. I've before known. we get before we get to that, because there were other signs. You had stomach pains first. I was going to say, you had chest pains. That's what I was about to bring up. No, yes. And I'm saying the chest pains were the end of it. The oh. chest pains, and we'll talk about We'll talk about it, but like you started, you got an my ulcer. ulcer. Yes, you got my an ulcer. ulcer from work. Because imagine, this is what it's like. You're trying, and everyone above us, the these producers, uh, everyone at the network is white. Right. And we're trying to say, this is what Naomi's lived fucking experience is. Don't change it. And they're all trying to either make it palatable for like they kept like the one producer kept like trying to make NPR jokes. Oh, he was obsessed with NPR. He was obsessed with kale and tote bags. Like the very like <laughs> if you were doing a like a stand up class, if you were taking a stand up class <laughs> and you were asked to like uh, make fun of white people, like these are the things like right, someone who the had generic, like, yeah, the generic like things that you would never like. That if you had like two seconds to think about like white people, you would be like, uh, the, the, they like, uh, they, they, they like, they like green juice. Right. It, it's like, especially the thing we kept saying and the thing that you and I were very mindful of, and especially again, me, if my face was going to be on it, it was like, we can't be out here being basic and like, we can't be out here trying to be general. The whole point is to go into these, these niche places, these subcultures, these groups, and actually reveal something as opposed to just being like, white people be like, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, I was like, if we're, if we're going to do this, this shit has to be sharp as fuck. And like, it, it's got to be bulletproof. Right. It can't this be. Before people were canceling people. But like, it, you, it was like, okay, you about to get canceled. Like, we were, t- we were thinking about cancellation before we were even on the air. Right, right. It can't be like a stand-up routine from 1985. Exactly. So we were like, really trying to mind our P's and Q's. And so it was so important to just like have people who had that level of wokeness 
to make sure, right? Because you can't say, oh, well, we know more, we know better, but you actually don't know the content and then you end up having us make trash. But then again, this is what that white, that kind of whiteness is where, where they don't know they're terrible. No one's ever told them they're bad at what do they do. Right. And they are confirmed by everyone above them that they're good at what they do. So they don't ever, they don't take that. They're like, oh, well, obviously this shitty joke about NPR is the best joke that could be. But it's also, like, what kills me about that kind of stuff too is like, you know what sometimes the best thing you can do in this life is say, I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. And somebody said, like, they didn't know. They didn't know the subject matter. At one point they said, again, so we had pitched a travelogue about race where I, a black female comedian, go into spaces. White spaces. Yes, but the point is, that is what we pitched to them. Our presentation, I went and played squash. We prepared to write the pilot, and someone at the network says, we're looking for a millennial 60 minutes. Do you think you could do that? (sighs) Y'all, what about a travelogue that looks at race makes you think it could be a millennial 60 minutes. What does also, that even mean? Especially because you and I, like when we left, you were like, a millennial 60 minutes? Do they mean the daily show? Because like <laughs> that's what you said. Cause it was like a millennial, I it was like, you that. mean a new show. You like, you want a new show with humor? So again, that was it. It's like already, and like, you know, people always talk about, I feel like, of course, like notes in Hollywood and they changed it. But to me, I think it's even more egregious and also less openly discussed when it is something about race because you know i understand everybody wants to justify their paycheck or show their colleagues they're so smart but if you are a white person who has never studied or engaged in issues around race but you're like we want something black then you got to sit down and let the black person do the thing (laughs) right because you don't actually know like you can look at the I'm not saying they can't have an opinion. You can look at the finished product and go, this isn't funny or this isn't, you know, as engaging as we want. You know, this isn't the tone we want. But you can't tell me what to care about and what not to care about. I don't think they can have an opinion about the content. I, I think you can have a, you can have opinions about the execution of the content, the presentation maybe, but the, of even the content. The, but, like, there's definitely, like, they don't get, like, you know, there's a certain kind of, like, white person who doesn't, who thinks, like, anything over, like, half a decibel is like mean is angry yeah it's angry yeah 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 i know i know it's like a lot but it was like we were dealing with that shit and it it was basically what it came down to you know for an idea that was ours that we were excited about we were having to fight with every single person you had to fight with the producers to be like hey don't rewrite my shit you had to fight with the network to be like, this is not a millennial 60 minutes. And like, and then we started to, as a result, fight between you and I. Yeah. Because we were both stressed out and we also handled fights differently. You know, for this all my- before we had real couples therapists. We had a couples therapist. But we, no, we found James in the middle of But this is where, but yes, but this, that's what I'm saying. Yes. This is where we found our, our current couples therapist. Met him. Been, been with for five years. Met us during the True TV. Right. Because our, for, our our former couples therapist, who we liked a lot, but she went on maternity leave. Right. So she was like, here, I, f- I think you'll like this guy. And then literally she came back from maternity leave and we're like, we're going to stay with him. <laughs> that was, Sorry. That was so awkward. <laughs> I know. But it, was also, but it was like, you knew the risk you were running. Okay. <laughs> you knew the risk you were running when you decided to make a baby. <laughs> but yeah. So it was like... This was months. This I, I would say like a good two months. In the middle of this, by the way, I remember you got your 
Comedy Central half hour special. Right. Yep. yep. And yep, yep, that's yep. the first time that that one, pr- that first producer, the one that was the, um, the one who we met just who, for the yeah, first the, time. Yeah. The, he the, like, when she showed up with the, uh, with, uh, talking about kale. Yeah. He was like, Oh real? Like he was like, Oh my God, you're right. He was so surprised. He like, and you brought it up. Cause you know, I didn't, you're like, Oh yeah, Naomi just got a comedy central half hour. And I think you also said it on purpose because you were kind of saying it in a way to say like, she's got chops back off. Yeah. I was fucking sick of this guy putting you. No one puts my baby in the corner. Ooh, honey. <laughs> and the guy, he was like, Oh, you did. Really? Oh, I thought this just uh, True TV handed this uh, these two pieces of shit a show. I thought you were just here because you were black. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I. And he was so fucking surprised. I got a half hour, and I said, "Get the fuck out of here." There is nothing like the level of surprise in a Caucasian's voice that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about them. When you're surprised that I have achieved things, you know the amount of surprise in your voice lets me know how much trash you are. You know what I mean? His Terry Gross loving ass. He was, was like so fucking condescending the entire time. And you know, it was just so stressful for us, and we were freaking the fuck out every day. Andy, you know, I got an ulcer. This bitch about to have a heart attack. The first, because here's the other thing too. Like, also the notes that we would get on it. Literally, the first notes we got were incoherent. I don't mean that in terms of like, oh, they contradicted each other or didn't. Or no. something like that. I mean, literally, like, a sentence stopped halfway through. Like, <laughs> it was shit like that, where I'm just like, did they proofread this before they sent us? The-? It was I like know. a paragraph. And I remember we did start couples therapy around this time, because I remember we had just finished one of our couples therapy shows. Oh, okay. In the back of a- we used to do it in the back of this bar in the East Village called Hi-Fi. Yep. And I look at the notes, and I was, like, furious. Because they just made no sense. And I'm like, why- they didn't even reread this before they sent it to us. I know. I know. And uh, it was just like a process that was very soul crushing. I think, again, you and I, five years later, you know, we have thicker skins. We understand. But it was also like the thing I never understand, the thing that always gets me is like, why do you hire me for my black experience? And then when I attempt to elaborate, you go, no, not that. Right, you know that's what kills me. I'm like, you brought me here for this. How could I be doing it wrong? You the one who don't know. Like, like uh, they're like, oh no, no, no. That's interesting that you were like one of the few black people at Dalton. But uh, could you talk about like how I played lacrosse when I was in high school no, at an all white school? I think what they really wanted, like I, they wanted a white people be like show. They wanted a show that was just like, don't whitey be tripping. That's what they wanted me to do. They wanted me to be like the pine saw lady. Why didn't they tell us that? Why did they say, hey, can you can you make a show called Don't Whitey Be Tripping? Because I know. I also love the way you said that. Say it more formally again. Uh, can you please do a show for us called uh, Don't Whitey Be Tripping? Love it. Love it. Love it. Naomi, we love your stand-up. Uh, we were wondering if you could... <laughs> If you could do a show for us called Don't Whitey Be Be Tripping. Tripping. We were also, again, so remember Andy was talking about how he was like the shit on the shoe. You know, it got to a point where the network would call me separately. They would try to call me. And any other time, first of all, you can't peel us away from each other. We share a bed. So they're up in here trying to be like, hey, Naomi. Like, I get a call and I go, hey, what's up? You know, or no, they send an email. Hey, we'd love to talk. And I go, okay, should I get Andrew involved? And he's like, no, just you. And then it was literally, first of all, I put the phone on speaker and had Andy sit silently because we're not keeping secrets. We working on it together. But literally it was just like, 
We wanted to hear about how the project is going. Why would you only want to hear from hear from me about that? And not you. And I'm assuming, though, it also had to do with like, well, she's the black one, you know, and the on camera one. <laughs> but it's also like it's Sorry. a share where they actually say that. Oh, yeah. She's the black one. She's the black one. You can't hear it over the phone, but she's the black one. But it's like we're in it together. We're co-creators. How does it not matter what both of us feel about? Something? Yeah, we're also already engaged by this point. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, we share a bed. I'm like, you you ain't gonna fucking divide and conquer. You know, I care more about the person I share my life with than somebody who cut me a check for way too little money. You know? <laughs> Drag them, Naomi. Drag them. You don't have my allegiance. And I don't know. Obviously, Andy and I were like reminiscing on this and talking about this just because, you know, as as people talk about, you know, again, over the last two weeks, you know, these, you know, dismantling systems that perpetuate white supremacy, you know, the unfortunate fact that we are in a business that kind of thrives on it. You know what I mean? It does. I mean, there's also this kind of like, I think if it lets black voices through, it either dilutes them or it lets black voices through that are not a threat mm-hmm. to to actual political change. Yeah. I don't know if that like look I haven't seen every show on TV so I uh, that's not a blanket statement but I uh, it, it tends to be well I just think but here's the thing right because and I don't even know if it's again but to me that actually is almost interchangeable with dilution yes because who knows what that voice was originally and then once you get three to twelve people weighing in on that voice you can't please every single one of those people and stay true to the core. Right. Right. And I notice that the shows that tend to have the strongest voice are the shows where usually that creator had the um, clout to not take anybody's notes or to ignore their notes yeah, and just go, "Uh uh-huh. And then do what they wanted anyway. Yeah. But if you don't have that clout and you got to listen to all these folks, you don't get to say what you want to say the way you want to say it. And, I don't know. We were just like thinking about that. And, you know, and it's a it's a project that we loved. But very quickly, again, once uh, Satan, sorry, Voldemort, um, <laughs> sorry, um, T, T-Pain became president. OK, we realized that this show that was going to be a comedic travelogue, like it was no longer funny anymore. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? To like, look at white like, culture is to look into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> like to look at like fucking Tiki Torches in Charlottesville. And it was like, no, we can't make this funny anymore to do this show right, we would really have to have teeth and to really get in there. And I was like, I don't want to put myself in situations that are, you know, like it was, I wasn't in danger talking to five retirees about squash. You don't want to have to like go interview a clan member. And I saw, I, I wouldn't want to have to, I wouldn't want to put you in that position. Exactly. And I don't, and who would want to watch? Why do you want to watch me go into the clan and hopefully not die? You creep. Like who would want it? So it's just like right. Whiteness went from being like passively evil to actively evil. They're working double time. They're fucking energizer bunnies, bitch. Okay, as a as a whole, look before twenty sixteen, whiteness was actively evil as well. But you know what I mean. Like uh, they had a focus. They had a rallying cry. There is still a version of the show I think where we send you to uh, Europe, where you go back to the uh, cradle of whiteness <laughs> <laughs> and you like we send you around to like Amsterdam whitey on the tree I think that version of the show works uh, I, I'll the, take any version where I can travel honey well but like oh so to just to wrap up the story though like you got an ulcer 
I started getting chest pains. And when both of us were starting to feel like have actual physical symptoms from having, because like everything was an argument with everyone. Yes. Right. All the there, time. Uh, there was no way of like, like, Hey, we're here. We're trying to make a point. And they're like, no, why don't you just make another joke about kale? And we're like, come on. That's when we, we had a session with James Yep, where we're like, are we allowed to walk away from this? And he was like, I think you should see if you can. And then he, I remember he asked you, he's like, he's like, if you actually walked away, like when I say, Andy, you could walk away right now. How do you feel? And you were like, oh my God. Like I, feel like, light. I felt light. Yep. I felt like, like a, a, a weight had been lifted. Like phys- like really, I don't mean this metaphorically. I mean, it just felt like this whole pressure had been lifted on my chest. And the moment, you know what I mean? Like those are the moments. It's like when, when that happens, it's like, that's the answer. And so literally we called my, we called my agent on the street. No, we called yes, from we therapy. walked right out yep, of, we the, walked we walked out of therapy, therapy therapist. and called. I was like, I was like, we want out. And you guys, oh, here, guys, the important thing to remember, too, part of why we were like, we want out. Because at this point, we have still not been paid. Andrew and I have received no money from the work on the pilot. So we had now, we had done six weeks of unpaid work. So our thinking was, well, if we leave now, at least it's not like we've taken their money. We leave now and our hands are clean and we, they haven't wasted the time actually shooting the thing. It'd be different if we were already shooting and you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's a, that's, it's a pain in the ass, but like, okay, we've just been sitting in an office being beaten down. We haven't received a dime. Let's go. So we thought this will be fine. We can do this. Um, and you know, from this, after that, I can't get too much into it, but let's just say they did threaten to sue us. <laughs> so I just want you to know that that shit was, that was on the real. I legitimately, the, 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 the opportunity <laughs> to be sued was, um, very real in yeah. both of our lives. I had to look up our contracts before we started to record this and I'm uh to see if there was an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so can you like, imagine? So, so they again, are pretty litigious. Let's, I know I was like to imagine, to imagine that we got, remember at that point we had not been paid to shoot the pilot it hadn't been done it had been six weeks nobody <laughs> wanted you know it was just a nightmare and to think that they were like we're gonna sue you and that is when i got a lawyer for the first time <laughs> and it was like oh yeah this is real by the way this is really the origin story of how naomi found her lawyer i was like i need a person <laughs> i was like okay i'm about to be sued by a goddamn network um who can handle it and you know i lawyer and you know why i pick my lawyer the lawyer I picked because I talked to a few people on the phone and he goes, Naomi, I'm a big fan. I'll be your legal jubu. <laughs> and I said, honey, you got the job. You got the job, bitch. And we're still with him. <laughs> we're still together. Still with our couples therapist. <laughs> still with our lawyer. That's the moral of the That's story. That's the moral of the, the story. True. Find the whites you can trust. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Honestly. Honey, honey, find the white you can trust. You have to find someone to trust. It'll help keep your faith strong that the revolution can come. That's a good name for a TV show. The whites you can trust. Oh my god, yes, like a procedural. <laughs> I imagine it's like a like a legal a legal drama. The whites you can trust. You know. Hey, let's make that next. <laughs> hey, true. You listening? Oh. <laughs> you want to buy another show? Oh my god! Don't even. Oh my god! You guys don't at them in the socials. Yeah. No. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please do not do not snitch tag. Yeah, no snitch tag. We never, we, did, we never said anyone's actual names, but please don't snitch tag True yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like whatever. I mean, like again, we're telling you this five years later. Hopefully, none of those people still work there. Slash, they've forgotten. So, but at the same time, we'll never forget. It was our introduction to this business, and it was just, and it's also just like you know, it's it, it, again, I for so many people, for most of us, right? Like ninety percent of the stuff you may you conceive of, you make doesn't 
get made or get out into the world. So that's not special, but it is just, you know, an idea that I I had so much hope and there was so much possibility to it and to be kind of squashed in a weird way. So remember, no tattletailing. T at sign. Yes. Tattletailing. That's my new word for snitch tag. Yes. 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 I, I love that. I tested it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> a handful of people enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, okay. so, folks, thank you for taking this journey with us. Yes. Very much so. This felt almost like Patreon esque, you know, for yeah, us to was. really it get was, into it. It was. But uh, I thought, you know, with the, you know, everyone is like calling out the kind of racist structures that we all live in. Which I think I'm loving every second of it because I love how every corporation, every group, I mean, big and small, they'll do something that a black person comes right up in the mentions with the receipts. Honey, I got a shoebox full of receipts on all of y'all. We all do. Don't you be up in here trying to act like you part of the solution because I will give you some old shit. Okay, I will call you out on some shit you did in 2007. (laughs) See, we had a tweet, something like every employer right now is like, it's scared that their black employees are about to say something. <laughs> exactly. We keep the receipts. But, oh my God. Y'all. Me too, because my dad was an accountant. <laughs> oh, God bless him. <laughs> uh, so thanks. Next week, uh, Kamal and Emily, I think. Yes, right? indeed. So stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.